You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 96 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we speak with Adrian Watts from Windstar Farms on the art and science and importance of record keeping for bloodstock and racing farms. We get a training tip from New Vocations' own Winnie Morgan Nemeth and introduce you to our first adoptable standard bread of the year. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Troy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York. And you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, welcome back. I know our listeners... Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I mean, listeners don't know, you know, the shows have been coming out regularly for them. But Kristen and I took a little break in January. We recorded our first episode of this month in December. We hustled during the holidays, got it done. And then we've had, was it three weeks since I've talked to you? Yeah. Which I think was smart because like everything else piled back on on January 2nd. And I was like, Whoa, like it took me a couple, you know, a couple days to kind of get. Yeah. A lot of us were making up for the holidays due to a a little winter storm that popped through. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was only a month ago. That seems like a blur. So yeah, I am grateful that we scheduled it that way to take a little break. Uh, Listeners didn't get any break at all because the retired racehorse radio machine just keeps on rolling all year round. It's on turning out just for you. (laughs) We never stop. Never stop. Except for those three weeks. And it was nice. I feel recharged, rejuvenated. (laughs) Yeah. And we're uh, yeah ready to be in your ears all year long again, listeners. So hope you're ready. You're welcome or we're sorry. We'll let you pick. <laughs> You're still here. So I'm going to go Wait. with your welcome. Yes, that's true. Kristen, what have you done with your three weeks? Oh, gosh. Um, like slogged through a lot of mud. So yeah. I, my calves are yeah, so much stronger. Like, <laughs> my thighs burn. Like I stretch every <laughs> night now. I don't know if that's a thing for getting old or what, but I'm like, I need to stretch because my legs are tired from mudding every day. So normally like this part of the country has snow this time of year. And this year we don't for the first time ever. And now I don't actually know what to do. It feels like like a very permanent early April. And I'm concerned like this goes against every fiber of my being. Yeah. Like the first couple days where if it was sunny out, you're like, oh, it's springy. This is nice. And now I'm like, this is suspicious and a little scary. So, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I like have gone on the record before saying, I don't really like spring because I like summer and I like winter when it's actually winter. So this like sort of extended faux spring, I don't love, it's just muddy and mucky and awful and I can't ride anywhere. So it's making me be really creative, which I guess is good to try to keep my horses going. So we'll talk more about that later. I know, uh, we pulled our listeners about um, some creative ways they keep keep riding and keep going. And of course, our episode last time was all about ways to keep your winter training yeah. going. So I just need to take my own advice and get out there more. There you go. Well, I did hear you accomplished one of your goals already in January. I mean, yeah, sort of. <laughs> 
I've it's been, like uh, a half, half win. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I have uh, set myself a goal to try to be a more useful roper this year. So when I can, I get out to the cow pasture um, if it's, you know, pretty stable footing and I go out with a breakaway rope and just sort of swing some practice shots. And generally I'm just like harassing the crap out of our poor cows who are like, oh God, here she comes. The lady who can't actually catch, you know, and I sort of like whack them in the back of the head with the rope, which sounds really awful. It's a soft rope. It's I not mean, like I'm out there. Maybe whack my isn't cow, the term you, know? you actually mean to say. Yeah. It's sort of like brush, like a, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like a gentle boop. Maybe is it's like a, word? yeah, I should start yelling boop when I throw and see if that <laughs> makes it better. So, um, yeah, like I'm getting the, I know what I should be doing. I just can't quite get it where it needs to go, you know? So, um, roping the dummy is one thing, but once you're actually out on a moving animal, it's a little different. And then you're still trying to steer and navigate around like round bales and mud and stuff. So it, it gets like real Western real fast, but I did catch a cow. Uh, there <laughs> you go. I went she to our, <laughs> it was really funny because I, you know, swung this shot and, and looped her right where I wanted to. And I was like, Oh, I did it. I did it. You know? And I, I got my rope dallied and kept my thumb out of the way and stopped jobber. And it, this is our like sweetest, oldest cow. We call her no. big red one because she has a one on her ear tank. Cause she's very old and um, obligingly. She just turned around and like quietly followed me, which is not how you break a breakaway rope. Like you rely on the cow to continue going. And then the breakaway part snaps. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. So we're just sort of like in tandem wandering around the pasture together. And I was like, honey, you got to go the other way. Like you got to break the break. And finally I realized like I could also go the other way. And eventually we snapped the breakaway and it was all fine. But I was thinking like, I think I might be the first person to ever lead a cow with a breakaway rope, <laughs> which is that's an achievement. not usually possible. <laughs> so. I feel like that is like a Disney princess move right there. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. It's me, the cow whisperer. There so. you go. You have That's a Netflix series coming. I can feel it. Yes. Now, yesterday <laughs> I went out and tried to rope her again and missed. And she was just like, okay. <laughs> nicely stood there. <laughs> I guess you missed. What a good cow. <laughs> like, I, I did. Thank I you. I wish that cow was a lesson yeah. horse because I so desperately yeah, she need is. another one. Yeah. She's like the lesson cow. She's the lesson, the horse lesson cow. Sure. I love it. Yeah. Love well, it. calling her the roping dummy doesn't sound so nice. So we'll call her the lesson horse of cows. That sounds better. <laughs> well, I can't say I've <laughs> How about achieved- you? I have not achieved anything of that glory. Um, I was really excited. I I was going to submit for an online dressage show this month. And my horse has decided that she is fit and needed a new saddle. And I was like, really at the first of the year after the holidays, you need a new saddle. Okay. Cause she was starting to get um, a little squirrely. We were doing some really interesting moves and we figured there was back pain and we got adjusted. So Glad it worked out before it got dangerous. Please get your saddles checked at least once a year, everyone. Like, just so you know, my horse was a saint for it, but she definitely put up with it longer than she probably should have. And uh, so, yes, I luckily I have a great contact that I use uh, for gently used saddles that are typically de- nice brands. And she was so wonderful. We FaceTime for like two hours trying to fit this horse virtually because she's outside oh, of awesome. New York. <laughs> and, um, I did find a nice saddle that wasn't budget breaking, which is lovely. So got shipped to me, tried it out, fit like a glove. She's a much happier camper and I only got it last week. So I'm just starting to get into my actual riding for the year. So I also had to get creative to keep her fitness up a lot more hand walking. Um, We've been doing some Liberty play and then also trying to just 
boost that curiosity. But I'll, I'll save all those. Those are going to be future episodes that we'll talk about. But yeah, really just getting a chance to play with her and slow down for winter, which was nice. And then later this episode, I'm going to have a really fun story of our bareback adventures. Oh boy. Isn't it nice that we live this lifestyle in which we'll never be short on content, whether we want to or not? (laughs) That's the best thing. It's like people at the barn, they're like, man, you're a horse sometimes. Because like when she's great, which is 90% of the time, she's like the most loved horse there. She's super cuddly. She's in your pocket. She's just cute as a button. And then when she's decided that's enough and we need to bring out like Dr. Hyde, uh, it's, it's just like a whole 180. And people are like, man, you that's what you want, huh? It's like, she's my ride or die. The content's forever flowing. <laughs> that's uh, that's red horses, man. Like when they're mm-hmm. good, they're very, very good. And when they're bad, they're f- very scary. There's not a lot of in between. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, you're either on one end of the spectrum or the other. There's no middle of the road red horse. She has I've given me the best myself. seat of my life, Kristen. I will say that. I have an impeccable seat. And I would be tempted to try an amateur rodeo at this point. You might as well. We should swap because at this point you can put up a job for shenanigans and you can go try roping big red on yourself. So yes, I I should send you the video of my horse (laughs) attempting to canter. Oh, I think it's actually on Instagram. I did put it on Instagram. Oh yeah. I saw it. That was expressive. (laughs) Interesting leap straight in the air. And what you don't see in the video is it dislodged my left leg from the saddle. And I was just, Oh, I was like, here's that natural seat we've been developing. Okay. Hold on. Hold on with your calves. We were got nice long legs. You'll be all right. Yeah. It's really a weird feeling when your horse is trying to canter off the shoulder though. You don't feel super secure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we were both really questioning what's happening when we both increasingly got more anxious and scared, which science says makes your horse go faster. Um, so I just went into like a no syrup half seat and just waited, waited it out. That part's not on mm. video because I went off camera during it, but I, I was giving Jesus the wheel. I was giving every God the wheel. If they I'm, through. I'm familiar with that physical position and also that mindset, but that, that, that kind of works for jobber there. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm not going to try to sit this. I'm just going to get out of your way. You do your yep. thing. Get it it's out like of your system. As soon as you get out of the way. Yeah, just let him do his thing and then he and then he's back. Yeah. I learned it's way faster. It's like 10 seconds of losing our mind versus if I try to control it, it's gonna be the whole ride. So I'm just like, let it be loose. So release the kraken, as some would say. I'm gonna go with that. (laughs) I know like conventional horse training wisdom, people are like, nah, sit, get their head up, you know, kick and spur, get them on, work it out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to die. I pick my battles, man. And this works for us. <laughs> I have pretty decent insurance, but it does not need to be tested. <laughs> if it works for you, it works for you. I'm just going to keep going with that. So. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, you know what also works for me, Kristen? It's Kentucky Performance Products. I love their stuff. I use it for my horse and I highly recommend it for everyone else. But why am I trying to sell it? We have a message from them to you, our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. 
finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, Joy, really excited for our topic today. This was a listener request. Um, we had someone write in and asked, how do large thoroughbred operations keep track of their records? And I started thinking about that and I was like, well, I have no idea. Um, and some of these places, including the one we're about to speak to, are massive. So there's a ton of information out there that these places are keeping track of. So we're very excited to have with us tonight, uh, Adrian Watts from the best of the best, Windstar Farm. Adrian was born and raised in South Africa and he's a University of Kentucky College of Business graduate. A lifelong equestrian, she started working in the thoroughbred industry in college and spent time on the racetrack, as well as prepping yearlings, working in the sales, galloping, breaking yearlings, and more. She joined Windstar in 2020 and now assists with research, record-keeping, contracts, and more. Adrian, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're super excited to learn more about Windstar a little bit because, of course, everything that that organization does is amazing. And you guys basically are involved with every aspect of the thoroughbred industry. But, of course, about the record keeping uh, and how you guys keep track of everything that you're doing. So very happy to have you. Um, I think just for some background information, can you tell us a little bit more about Windstar Farm and like all the operations you guys do um, and maybe give us an idea of how many horses you guys are responsible for in like a given year? Yes, absolutely. So Windstar can have anywhere up to about 700 horses on the farm at any one time. Um, oh. Likely at the moment, um, this year, we're going to have about 520 horses. So Windstar is involved in pretty much every aspect of the industry. We have mares and foals. We have a yearling division, a breaking and training center. And then we have our stallion barn as well. So there's a lot of record keeping and data and organization involved um, in order to make the farm run like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> Obviously, having our managers and assistant managers for all those departments, managing the data inf and information at any one time um, is very important. But we have systems in place as well to help us manage that. In our office, we're going to have someone dealing with clients, um, especially on the training center and breaking division side, um, and then a few mares as well. Um, and then we have a program called Horse Farm Management. That's something that 
is used pretty much by most thoroughbred farms, I'd say. And that is going to be storing all kinds of information. So it's going to be storing um, information on clients, on individual horses, on mares. So we can go in there um, on our end of horse farm management and look at um, the horses that we own, the information on them, their date of birth, um, their color, their pedigree. If they're a mare, it'll have their mare information. So who they were bred to for the entire time we've had them, their foaling information, things like that. But then also on the client end of it, um, when we're selling seasons to the stallions, we keep record of all of the mares that have ever been bred at Windstar as well. Um, That's quite a large amount of information since we have about 2,000 mares come through Windstar's breeding shed every breeding season. Um, So we can go into that part of HFM and look at um, when she was last bred so we can use that information to determine when she is due to have that foal, um, her breeding history at Windstar, things like that. We can look up a client and see all the mares they've ever bred at Windstar. So it's a very, very helpful tool. Oh, that's wild. Just like trying to wrap my head around the numbers and like what that would physically look like, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, it sounds, I don't think I have that many horses in my fantasy stable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever met 500 horses in my life, you know, like as I've gone through you know, my horse life, that's crazy. And so, okay. So horse farm, you should say it was horse farm manager. Is that like a third party app kind of software that's been developed? Yes. So. It's actually a jockey club program. Um, They developed it and it's been around for a long, long time. But um, the information that's getting pulled into horse farm management is all from the jockey club. And they also run databases like equine line. The bloodstock department really uses a lot of online resources um, to gather information and data and things like that. But each department kind of uses HFM a little bit differently. Billing goes through HFM and is recorded in that. We have somebody designated to take note of every veterinary procedure from this horse received banamine or um, some kind of dewormer all the way to had surgery or some kind of major treatment, everything is recorded um, under procedures under that specific horse as well. So kind of a catch-all. Yeah, that program sounds very powerful and just like so much data in there. That's crazy. That's really cool that it's linked in with Jockey Club though, so that, you know, you don't have to worry about duplicates of horses or, you know, spelling a name wrong, you know, like it's all going to pull from that database. So that's that yeah, makes things absolutely. a little easier. <laughs> so, sure. and yeah, I can't imagine trying to do it without some sort of like organizational software like that. Like you wouldn't be able to sit down with like an Excel spreadsheet and just plug. Well, I was going to say, Kristen, like before the time of technology, <laughs> like they were probably keeping it all in books. Like, can you imagine oh gosh, the yeah. carpal tunnel someone must have had? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then yes, where would you put all those? Like yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> So yeah, I, must I say, you know, I'm really I had that further the transition away. I can from imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Oh my gosh, yeah. 
Yeah. Is this a relatively new program? Like, have you guys started using this like past five years, past 10 years, or has this been around for a while? It's been around for a long while. I think they've made adjustments and improvements along the way, but it's been around for a long time. There are two versions of it. Um, One is only available on the hard drive, like at the office. Um, It's not online at all. And then there is a cloud version of Horse Farm Management um, that is available online. So you can access it outside the office. Um, The only issue with that is that you lose some features that you have um, on the other version, which is why Winstar has chosen to stay with um, the offline version. Yeah, that makes sense. Gotcha. So just, I always think it's fascinating to learn about different careers in the horse world, because I think we instantly think you have to be like a vet, trainer, a groom, something like that, when there's really so many careers you can be involved in. Who's like doing this work? <laughs> like, do you bring in, you know, data entry people or is it, can it just be anyone who has an interest in horses is kind of analytical? Like, who's the ideal person doing this type of work? So the people that are putting this data in, um, there'll be people from all different departments. So we don't really have anyone that is specifically designated for data entry. We have some people who do a lot of it, um, but they're going to have other roles as well. We have somebody who takes care of um, getting all the health certificates um, and coggins and documentation for all the horses because that is a big undertaking as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to make sure that these horses have all that they need um, when they're going to a race in another state. Um, And so we have a designated person to make sure that all those horses have the paperwork they need. That same person is also taking the documents that they get from the vets. Um, when Star has two vets on staff that actually live on the farm. Um, and so they will write up report on what procedures and what medications and things each horse got so that they are able to take that report and then put it into the system. But there are plenty of different careers aside from data entry in the thoroughbred world. Um, Obviously, data is a huge part of it, but it's a combination of data and research. Um, We use tools like the Jockey Club's equine line, and that helps us look into everything a mare's ever bred, what is her sales history. Obviously, Equibase is a very popular um, free resource um, to look up a horse's connections, race record, workouts, um, things like that. We have resources like Grade One Goldmine, which is kind of a way to see what aspects of a pedigree have worked well with other aspects of a pedigree. So it's kind of putting puzzle pieces together, picking up on patterns. Really, the thoroughbred industry is how much information can we have? And we just want more information than anyone else. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else would say that about the thoroughbred industry. So I love that you are because like, I think the root of it, it's true. Like it's not just about watching the races, having the generalist, having your mint julep as you're like putting your bets on that really 
for these horses to get to where they are with each race each year, it's everyone doing the work at the state level. Yes. And I mean, especially when you're wanting to create the highest probability of producing a good racehorse, talking about matings and things like that, mm-hmm. both when we're doing our own matings and when we're recommending them to clients, we want to be watching the races and picking up on pedigree patterns and just having as much information as possible, reading our blood horse daily and thoroughbred daily news and um, just trying to take in as much information as possible so that we can pick up on those patterns. So any of these kind of tools um, of research and data collection are really helpful. I love this. And I love all these conversations that we're having with this podcast because it's really opening my eyes and I'm hopefully the eyes of our listeners, you know, to realize how many different careers there are in the industry where you don't necessarily have to be a vet or ride a horse, which is generally where everyone in elementary school is like, I'm going to be a vet. I'm going to be a jockey. You know, it's like, there's (laughs) so much more out there than those two things. And I love this because this is like all the nerdiness (laughs) you know, of being a racing fan applied. So I think this is really cool. Hopefully no one's offended by being called a a nerd, but um, I'm a nerd. It's fine. fine. But (laughs) no, I embrace the nerdiness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because like, this is, I mean, obviously this is like a huge money industry to, you know, be able to unlock whatever, whatever advantage you can glean out of this data, you know, to help produce the next champion. This is really, Mm -hmm. really cool. I love this. Yeah. So on Windstar's staff, I mean, what, like, I would imagine, like, obviously you guys have like the hands-on teams in the barns working with the horses, but how many people work for Windstar total counting, you know, your hands-on team and then your research team? About 200. Holy moly. Wow. (laughs) That is amazing. So like, not only are you keeping track of 500 horses at one given time you also have 200 people you have to keep track of like who's managing them <laughs> you need like yeah. data management for the data managers this is yeah crazy. I love so, this. thank goodness for um our hr lady um but we also have somebody who her role is employee liaison um but she's basically checking in on all the employees um to see if we can help them with anything. She helps them fill out all their paperwork, um, like onboarding and things like that. She helps recruit new employees, uh, manages interns um, out on the farm and things like that. So um, she's a big help for our um, human resources department. But yeah, the number of staff sounds crazy, but when you think about 520 horses and 2,500 acres. It's a big undertaking. Um, We've got the maintenance department and obviously data collection over there is important too. You know, we all have these Windstar vehicles and put gas in them and they get maintenance. And then the stallion barn, we have teasers and there's teasing charts and fertility and all different kinds of things um, that go into it. But our maintenance department is actually one of our largest departments on the farm because they are taking care of the houses on the farm. We have like 49 uh, residences on the farm. Wow. So they're taking care of all of those. Um, 
We have 150 miles of plank fencing at Windstar, 40 miles of blacktop. So um, they have their work cut out for them. Um, They're mowing the paddocks and making sure everything is running smoothly. You can't see my face, but I'm just like over here grinning because this is just like, it's very I cool go. to just hear. I want to go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We might just show come. up in your I'm office and be like, hey, <laughs> are you hiring? What's up? <laughs> right. Yeah. We do need two annoying <laughs> podcasters to join your staff because we're here. <laughs> um, yeah. So hereafter, you will be known as the independent nation of Windstar because this basically sounds like a small country <laughs> worth of people yeah, and organization. Are. So. We oh, this is super cool. There. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, I can't wait. We're going to put you on our tour list for sure. If we uh, make it down there and yeah, we'll plan a, a day and gas up the car. Cause it sounds like this is not a walking tour. <laughs> to get no. from one side it sounds like we might be other. hanging out for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would take oh, a cool. really, really long time to tour the entire farm. Um, I actually run the tours over at one star and we have our most kind of comprehensive tour um, takes about two and a half hours um, and you don't see the whole farm, like not anywhere close. So. Yeah. I have come on stallion open house day. So I've seen just the stallion farm. So, you know, I understand that there's like outlying properties and stuff. So yeah, I don't even, I don't know how you would see the whole thing. In even half a day, that would be a lot of driving around. <laughs> this is yeah. There is one is section of cool. the farm I haven't even been on yet. <laughs> wow, that's amazing though. Yeah. I'm like, sounds like a much more fun trip than some other places. I'm like, I don't know, like your your go to recommendations, like oh, go to Niagara Falls. I'm like, I think I'd rather go to Windstar Farms for yeah. a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Please well, Adrian, out. this is super <laughs> cool. This has been super informative. Hopefully this gives listeners a little more insight into how you guys just keep all the plates spinning. Cause this is just incredible to hear about, you know, your well-oiled machine. Um, so where can people follow along with Windstar horses, you know, find out more information about your organization. And of course, how do people get hooked up for a tour? All right. So um, our website is a wealth of information for um, our stallions and our training center and kind of if that's what people are looking for information on, um, which is just um, winstarfarm.com. Not winstar.com because Winstar is a casino in Texas also, apparently. Oh. (laughs) But (laughs) winstarfarm.com. And then all of our tours we do through um, Horse Country. So that can just be found at visithorsecountry.com. And then we are on all the social media. So Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, We're actually doing a fun series right now on Twitter and Instagram on one of our stallions, Progeny um, Yoshida. He has first two-year-olds this year. So that means that this will be his first group of babies to reach the racetrack. So we're really excited about that. Oh, fun. I always liked Yoshida. I think I saw him right after he retired and came to Windstar. So it'd be exciting to see his offspring. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. 
Well, Adrian, thank you so much for giving us a little insight into the independent nation of Windstar. And uh, yeah, now, <laughs> yeah, now we know, now we know how it all works. So thanks again for your time. This has been super fun. Thank you. It was great talking to you guys. I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But I, we're at the trade show, and this is the p- point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So t- describe them. Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp-looking pads. What, are the, what makes them different? Uh, well, it's the fill. The, the, the wool felt on the inside is a natural felt, and the fleece on the bottom is a 100% merino. Oh, really? Okay. So these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and, and they do absorb shock and, and saddle fit. What would they retail for? What are those? That's you about know? 119 That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's uh, a two-tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's, we're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly. You bet. Yeah. Fly, fly that's what we all what's, what's, That's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah, many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the, the, it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Uh, Cashelcompany.com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Well, Kristen, we know that the RP Thoroughbred Makeover applications have wrapped up and everyone is going to be anxiously waiting who applied to know what's going on, but they're going to have to keep waiting. We don't have that news for you yet. What is new at RRP right now? Well, something that's relatively new, not brand spanking new, but pretty new for us. Uh, We redid our website last June and we've revamped our education library. So education is one of the big pillars of the Retired Resource Project. We're best known, of course, for the thoroughbred makeover, but really one of our big goals is to, you know, create a more educated next generation of equestrians who want to try a thoroughbred. So to that end, we have the education section on the rrp.org, which is full of tons and tons of long form articles about everything from care and nutrition, soundness, training, track life. Uh, And then we also have recordings of our past webinars mixed in there too. So if you're more of a listener watcher, you can tune into the webinars. Uh, But there's a ton of content here. A lot of it is from old issues of Off-Track Thoroughbred Magazine. So really well-written articles, um, tons of stuff there. So pretty much if you are thinking about this, like a problem you're having, we probably have an article for it on the website. So just hop over to the rrp.org and tap the education section. And from there, you can search by topic or you can just click through and browse. Tons of stuff there. Uh, We're going to start spotlighting articles on our social media for uh, the RRP as well. So keep an eye on Retired Resource Project. Well, Kristen, as always, I love polling all of our listeners who follow us on social media. And I love that they actually respond. I feel heard. I feel seen. It makes me feel good. Yes, but, thank you all very much. Yeah, for thank you. <laughs> we, we need that little ego stroke because sometimes, I mean, I know you listen, 
that immediate feedback, it just hits different, you know? Yeah. But, sometimes uh, it does feel like we're just talking into the void, like each other. It does. I mean, <laughs> I enjoy talking to you, but it, it's yeah, nice it's to great. know there are others who also like it. <laughs> Is there anybody out there? Anyone Can there? hear me? Uh, but that being said, I, I had a, I had an experience. Okay. Oh. I, I decided to ride my horse bareback, oh, which oh. I thought was going to be okay. And for the most part, it was. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, I had to get a new saddle. Well, I got impatient and I was like, I'll just lunge and hop on and cool her out bareback. No big deal. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it safe. I got a bareback pad. I had one sitting in my, my tack room. So it's like, cool. Cause Astrid's got, you know, pretty bony spine. She's the most comfortable horse bareback. So this could be great. All went well. She went long and low. Everything's great until the pigeons came back. We got pigeons. pigeons. We have two (laughs) pigeons that showed up. They're no longer at the barn as of this episode. Sorry, everyone, but things had to be done. It was getting unsafe for everyone. Oh no. Um, Yes. They decided to move in quickly after new year's. And the way they did it was to show up on the day that I teach lessons. And they're like big pigeons. They're really big. They look like small baby turkeys. And they come in with this like, <laughs> like wings. Like a helicopter? Yes. <laughs> but I, I heard them and I could hear them cooing. And I was like, oh no. I was like, I got to get off this horse. I got to get off this horse right now. <laughs> and next thing I know, I slide off. And they come out of the barn rafters and their little like helicopter sound with their big wings. My horse goes fully up in the air. She almost broke my reins and she dragged me halfway across the arena. Okay. But you, your discretion being the better part of Valor won out that day, didn't it? Thank God I heard the cooing because I was like just vibing. I'm like, this is nice. And we're on like the long rain and everything. Like, this is a great day. And then if I hadn't heard that, I'd be dead. You'd have to get a new co-host. It'd have to be George. (laughs) No. George and Kristen talking about horses. George's favorite subject. (laughs) It would have been great. So that being said, and my very close in your death experience, <laughs> I needed to ask our listeners if they also tempt death by riding their horses bareback in the winter. And the answers were interesting. So 48% said absolutely. And I think that's awesome. I think bareback riding to a certain extent can be very a nice bonding experience for horse and rider. Um, I don't believe in doing your everything bareback because I wouldn't want someone on my back like that doing all kinds of crazy stuff, but cooling out, having a leisure ride, full support. And if you don't like it, you can contact Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. There you go. Uh, (laughs) uh, 24% said sometimes. I feel like I fall into that category. It's a very rare experience for me. And then 29% said, nah, me, I'm trying to live. And I also think that's why some of our Australian <laughs> listeners think I'm from Australia sometimes because I say things like that. But yeah, it was, I think I'm in the maybe category too. Like it I, depends I, on the day. It depends on the As day. I always say I pick my battles. Yeah. Especially with a jobber. <laughs> yeah. And I think it does depend on a horse. Now, when I had like a fleet of horses coming with me, I had I had my reliables, my old faithfuls. And I, I could get on them with just a halter and I'm like, I'm safe. I'm, nothing's going to happen. And then, you know, there's, there's my current horse today. 
And like we said earlier, when they're great, they're great. Yeah. And, then and when it, they're not, and when they're not, it's like, uh, let's yeet out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's dramatic. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's got like, a flair. <laughs> late spring, summer, fall, like I'm there, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, summer yeah, for sure. Winter, winter is a different scenario. <laughs> winter, I kind of felt like I was, I was playing with fire, I was poking the bear, if you will. Uh, but I, I love that for a solid almost 15 minutes. It was, it was beautiful as we both had a really good time until the pigeons. Pigeons. (laughs) We have a bit of a pigeon problem as well at our farm, but I think because the horses are out and the pigeons are like right overhead falling off the cow barn, they just sort of deal with it. Yes. But uh, yeah, we don't have birds. I mean, but pigeons are different. Pigeons are dumb and noisy. It was a whole thing. And we don't ever have pigeons. They must have like escaped. Someone must have had them as pets or something because we don't really have pigeons. So it was very weird to see them. Yeah. Like ours, I think, come out of the city of Jamestown and they're like city pigeons. Unless ours are like from Detroit. They could be Detroit pigeons. <laughs> Maybe they got... blew in in a storm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, lost. I've had I've had some weird things. Obviously, I had the possums of last year. Oh, yeah, I forgot about them. I wonder how they're doing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we released them into the wild. They're definitely doing better than the pigeons. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> like you said, they they wouldn't leave willingly. Uh, and sorry, everyone. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I was sad if that helps. And then um, I've had raccoons we had during the polar vortex. I was well, feeding in the like morning and I had three giant raccoons who came in there and was like, please don't be sick. You can oh, yeah. be here, but you have to leave. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The pigeons are the only ones who've almost got me killed and my students. But the yeah, that's when you have students. That's like a whole different like that. That was if really. I'm just gonna the kill motivator. myself. That's fine. But yeah, if I'm gonna yeah. get somebody else hurt, like I, I had I'm all, I had three horses at one time in a lesson, and they just all like yeeted to the back of the arena as fast as they could the first mm-hmm. day of the pigeons, and then I had two horses in stall, including one who was pregnant, throw herself up against a wall trying to. Oh, escape. yeah, that's a hard pass. Yeah, they're not used to those. We don't have those. They don't care about turkeys. Turkeys are cool, just not turkeys pigeons. are scarier. I think if you're like I, we have that problem in the spring, like late spring when the grass is really high, and we mm-hmm. haven't rotated the cattle into yeah, the high pasture, grass is like, another situation. Oh yeah, you're going through high grass, and then this thing's like right out in front of you, and <laughs> oh that's God. a that's a good way to. <laughs> I'm like sometimes, Kristen. I I'm like I'm full on horse girl through and through, but sometimes I wonder. I'm like, ooh. What genetically drew us to this sport? I don't know. Yeah, I would like to someday isolate the horse girl gene and be like, what is wrong with us? Maybe we need to talk to Adrian about setting up a database and research center to answer this question. Yeah, we do some pedigree analysis. There we go. Because <laughs> somewhere why along the lines the in are. our 23 and me, there's a high adrenaline need and a high need to be loved by a large animal with a very high prey sense. Yeah. And then I also sometimes think I'm missing like a certain amount of brain cells in general. Cause you know, when you posed this bareback question, I was like, hmm, when did I last bareback? And like, I definitely hopped on, you know, just randomly a couple of times in the summer when I was like, eh, I got to go do this thing or check this cow, but mm-hmm. I don't want to like tack up. But then I was thinking like, oh, okay. The first time I rode Wes ever was bareback. 
okay. a halter because I thought that was a good idea. But hear me um, out. I actually, well, I don't know about the halter. I don't know if I can defend you fully, but I actually like hopping on a lot of horses for the first time bareback. Just because it's a slide off a lot. Yeah, easier. there's an easier escape, especially like very green horse. I rode Astrid when I trialed her the first time bareback, just in case I needed to get out of a situation. It's not um, always a bad idea. Yeah. No. Depends so I mean, obviously, do your own. Don't take this as a end all be all. But that's my personal preference is I hop on most horses bareback for the first time. And then once I realize I'm probably not going to be on a rodeo bronc, then I'll tack up. <laughs> yeah. I got to have a good vibe first. And yeah. I was like, mm, this little thing's cute. And then of course, everyone is in my head being like, standard breads are great. They're so broke. So I was like, yeah, all right, great. I can, I can do this. And he was fine. And then there was the, the bull tail incident last summer. Yeah, in bareback, but that was like got to look up that episode number. Sometime in July, guys. (laughs) I can't tell you the summer, but yeah, yeah. it was like a July or August. Yeah, that was a that was an exciting day, and that was like a emergency situation. Get me a bridle. You just can't order Mexican food anymore. Listen to that episode, and you'll know what we're talking (laughs) about. That's when that started. That's when that started. The whole (laughs) no Mexican takeout when you're at the farm night. People are going to think that means something very different, but if you are behind on your episodes you got to go back because every time someone back. orders mexican takeout at our farm it means that's like a free wild card for animals to i do think it's the crazy. july 25th episode i'm pretty sure yeah that sounds good yes everybody run on run on back and listen to that one if you missed yes. it so it's enjoyable and scarring <laughs> 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 not as scarring oh. as it was to the bull though so. No, but you like we always say, there's always content coming in. So make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> if you want to see the highlights, the lowlights, and the messy lights that happen <laughs> in our lives. There's a lot of messy lights. <laughs> yeah. So Retired Resource Radio, Facebook and Instagram, give us a shout out, check us out. We want to see you. If there's anything you want to hear from your fellow listeners in a poll, let us know. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, we'll just you keep just coming poll up question with ideas. polls of our own. Speaking of polls, did you know the majority of our listeners listen to us in the car? So if you're listening to us right now, drive safe. We love Drive you. safe. Enjoy your coffee and or tea or water. Hydrate, please. Well, it is that time of the episode where we bring on new vocations to introduce our adoptable horse of the week and bring us a lovely training tip. And today we are joined by Winnie Morgan Nemeth, who runs the standard bread side of new vocations. Welcome back to the show, Winnie. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing great. It's a new year fresh horses and probably lots of training questions we're going to be throwing at you for sure. Great. Great. I hope I can help. (laughs) Well, you guys have always been wonderful to work with and we know our listeners appreciate all of the training tips you've been able to offer us. So I know Kristen had one that she was interested in asking you today. Kristen, I'll pass it to you. Yeah, this is purely selfish. This is my own training question as I'm working with my own standard. General good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I always figure if I'm having the problem, someone else is also having the problem. So I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. Um, So some of this, I am kind of making some assumptions about my standard bread's past. Um, He was an Amish buggy horse for over 15 years and he's really good natured and, you know, generally pretty quiet, just like a good dude to work around. Um, 
But one thing I'm sort of assuming based on his reactions to things around his feet in terms of like obstacles or stepping over logs, I'm just guessing, you know, based on all that history that he doesn't have a lot of like off-road experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's always been good to trail ride and just like he'll kind of do whatever and he's fine. But if I'm trying to actually work with him over obstacles or tarps or water, um, his default reaction is he's just very forward. Like he's like, let's just let's just rush this get it over with as fast as I can doesn't really matter if I hit the thing or, you know, get all tangled up in the pole or whatever. We'll just, we'll get through it really fast and then we can go on to do something else. So he's not super confident, but he's very forward. So Mm -hmm. I've been trying to do a lot of work to slow his feet down, but if you have any other tips or, you know, overall techniques um, or methods to help a horse like that, and maybe I'm totally off base. Maybe I'm just sort of like making an assumption based on his past. Um, But that would be my guess from working with a horse that's only ever been driven on a road or a track. Right, right. It's a good question. And it's one that we do get a lot. And a lot, it does go back into his past. And that uh, one thing I think people forget is that Amish horses and race horses, majority of them, probably 95 to 98% of them are being driven with blinders on, or Mm -hmm. they have, um, so they're only seeing ahead of them. They're not seeing their feet. Okay, they're not seeing what they're going through. They're not seeing what they're on. Um, they can wear shadow rolls over their nose, so they're not seeing down. They can walk through a puddle with a cart, and then you lead them. You walk them by hand through a puddle, and they're not going through that. Like they act like they've never seen that before hmm, because they really haven't. Yeah. So, the what you're seeing is all brand new. Like he's he sees the cart or he sees the pole, and he's just like, okay, we're just gonna go. <laughs> like I'm gonna shut my eyes and go. Um, and obviously, he's very willing. So. One thing that's good to remember, and I like to tell people, is trying to do those types of things at the walk and work on bending. So continue the forward motion, but make sure he's bending left and right at his pole. He's giving his face. Um, You're giving him something to focus on and that he's learning to give, you know, whether that be like forward walking and doing like a forward motion side pass so that he's learning to give. And once he starts to do that and you're doing it at the walk, ask him to go over those things at the walk, you know, do it like in little baby chunks and baby steps. But again, getting that bending is huge for them. They need to learn to give to the bit because they're taught to push against the bit. And again, that goes with, we're just going. Um, Being an Amish horse, it was like hook and go. There's no, you know, you gotta do what you're told and you're doing it immediately. So that's a lot of years. And now we're asking them on their back. We take the blinders off. We take everything off. And there's a whole new world for them. So I really do like to slow down, do it at the walk, teach them to bend. And bending takes a lot of work and and a lot Mm -hmm. of time. But once they get it, which they can get it, um, it it really does pay off. The other thing I would do, too, is just make sure um, people forget, but their teeth dental work is so important for the standard breads because a lot of them do not get any type of dental work. And a lot of times some issues come just from that. So just Mm -hmm. making sure their teeth are floated, um, have your dentist look in there. There's a lot, it's scary. (laughs) And that is one thing we do almost routinely on all of our standard breads that come in. Um, Just because a lot, they don't get a lot of that at the racetrack. And that does affect bit placement, bending, all those types of things. So that's my, another big check their teeth. Yeah, that's a good one. 
Fortunately, our equine dentist is a standard bread guy. So he gets like special, special service because he's like, oh, I love standard breads. This guy's the greatest. So, yeah. so that's yeah. very helpful. But yes, you have pointed out another hole in our training because the, the bending has been a huge challenge. And sometimes I'm guilty of being like, I'm not going to open that can of worms. Let's go work on an obstacle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's obviously a, a little bit of a vicious cycle that I just need to buckle down and get to work on. So thanks a lot, Winnie. That gives me plenty to go on. We'll give you a report next time. See how it's going. Yeah. I can't wait. (laughs) So speaking of standard breads, let's take a look at the adoptable horse of the week who I'm very tempted to hook up my trailer and come out. I know he's tell us a little bit about, (laughs) Oh my God, he's so cute. You guys, I know podcasts are not a visual medium, but you've got to pull over. Cause now we know, you know, you guys are listening to this in the car, pull over and uh, take a look at Crimson and Chrome. Winnie, tell us a little bit more about this guy. Um, so Crimson and Chrome is at our New York facility with Amanda Vance. And this horse is really special personally to me because he um, was bred and raised by one of my very good friends. He has had one owner his entire life. Um, he's a 2016 uh, by Sweet Lou. And Sweet Lou right now is one of the hottest pacing stallions in harness racing. Um, and Sweet Lou has a lot of white on his face and legs. And so he stamps his babies with a lot of white as the name Crimson and Chrome, which is very rare for standard breath. They don't usually get a lot of white. And um, I was, uh, I know I know when this, this colt was born, uh, he came out looking more chestnut than bay. He's a little more bay now. But um, that's where the crimson came from. And the chrome came from all the weight that he had. He was a fantastic racehorse. He raced pretty much top of his game. He's a Pennsylvania Sire Stakes winner. This animal is, you know, could have been sold for a lot of money. But his donors were also his breeders. Also sent his uh, full brother to New Vocations a couple years ago, who's a fantastic dressage horse. They just care about their horses. They do not want them to be raced. He could have been raced anywhere else in the United States, but that wasn't an option for him. So we are just thrilled to have this caliber of a horse. Um, he's 15-1. Like I said, he is very much built like a quarter horse. He has a really nice hip. His pictures make him look a little more English, but I think he could just do about anything. He does walk, trot, and he will canter under saddle. And he it's very easy for him. He's very handy. Um, he's very willing and uh, he's just an all around sweet horse that's been very well cared for his entire life. I love him. I'm watching his video right now and he looks bigger than what did you say he was? 15? Oh, yeah. yeah. He actually he carries himself in a way where he looks bigger than that. So if you're one of those people that's like, I. I need a smaller horse, but I want him to look big. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is your guy. He's got that nice, sure. chunky belt, but not like over the, he's still like very lovely to look at. I feel like he could oh, go yeah. English. He could go Western and he'd still yeah, look he great either way. Very versatile. Yeah. yeah, he does. I love him. I love the Chrome. When I first looked at the picture, I was like, oh, I guess we're doing a thoroughbred with Winnie. That's I know, that's what I thought too. It's like <laughs> weird. Okay. <laughs> no, he's no. so cute. He is. I and he's got that little star snip combo, which always, I think, makes yes. a face look particularly endearing. Mm-hmm. And he's, yeah, he's just got that, like, the standard bread look of eagles is a little different from the thoroughbred look of eagles. It's like a little wiser. Maybe it's like yes. the look of owls. I don't know. He's There's <laughs> the something about his face. He's super cute. Yeah. You know, like, just clever. He just looks very yes, clever. He looks he's like very- he's ready for a job. Like, he wants something to do mm-hmm. every day. Most definitely. He was. And he's only seven. Yeah. So he can. Yes. 
yeah, he can be someone's partner for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope he gets a good home. Guys, sign up right up right now and bring this horse home and then tell us all about it. Otherwise, yeah. he's going home with me or Joy. <laughs> yeah, so we will preface. Hopefully, he will be up on the website by this time the episode launches because we always record a little bit in advance. But New Vocations has been going through their horses very quickly. And now they're bringing more horses up on the website. So there's, if he's not the right horse for you, but you're still looking, keep checking out horseadoption.com. There will be new horses uploaded. I'm guessing pretty regularly for the rest of this month, Winnie, because you guys had a lot leave in December. We did. We did. So yes, I mean, on daily, we will be posting new horses, both standard reds and thoroughbreds. Excellent. Exciting. That's the kind of product launch I'm here for. Like I know. I was like, oh, new horse every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, refresh the page. Who's here? I, I can't tell Zach, but that's all right. He doesn't need enough. No, no, not at all. That's another horse. Not if it's a present for him. Yeah. Get him a standard bread. If I get him a standard bread, I'm also going to have to get him a mini, which is a win-win, honestly, for me. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, amazing. Well, Crimson and Chrome, I'm so excited to see where he lands. If someone adopts him, let us know. Give us a tag. We'd love to see what his second career is going to look like. And Winnie, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. I can be found on Instagram at The Horseback Writer and on Twitter at Kristen Kobach. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. You can find me on Instagram at misfitmare and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company and our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Racehorse Project. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg. Maybe not when you're back though. Maybe, no, Uh, yeah. Do what you need to do to survive bareback? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Add more leg. Yeah. Just add more leg. If add more leg. Be more safe, leg. guys. Be safe out there. <laughs> Bye for real. Bye.